0: Well, hey, thanks for that, uh, that slam dunk that you threw down on me, Eric, a month or so ago.
1: I mean, does anybody, like, look at a sunset, like, on a beautiful day? What is that cat doing? Uh, Jim is doing that swooshy thing again. I
0: already getting a little bit of shit. Am I allowed to
1: say shit? I get yeah. a little bit of shit. It's- Welcome to episode forty nine of the Romantic About Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Adam C. McKinnon, joined as often by my co host, Jim Passen Junior. Jim. Hey, good evening. And uh Jim, uh, it's boy, it's not like there was anything going on, you know, these days. It is was... pretty pretty
0: boring week, right? I mean, the World Series ended forever ago, it seems like now and absolutely nothing's happened since. So. Yeah.
1: It's, I don't, I don't know how anyone manages every four years in November to be honest. Right. with you. But anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, we're, we're going to, you know, despite your political affiliations, this is a baseball podcast, but I'm just going to say, Jim, we're, we're in a good mood this week. Yep. I, I heard an adult speak on behalf of the country for the first time. And as long <laughs> as I can remember, and, um, I'm good with that. That's it, I'm fine. And my, in my hometown of Wilmington, Delaware, no I'll less. Be damned. That's
0: crazy. I yeah. was like
1: looking out in the crowd. I was like, Hey, I see a bunch of, see a bunch of people out, out there that I know. And uh, it was yeah. a good time. Cause yeah, then, it was a
0: little bit yeah. odd. Finally watching, uh, watching somebody stand in, in front of the country and, and not call somebody like a, I don't know, a like, name that, a third grade bully would call it first grader right or something like that it just yeah it, it's it finally felt like uh the adults were talking um hopefully we can move this damn country in a in a direction where we can actually have some uh, civil discourse with each other um make sure that uh that you know things are fact-based and and we just get better and and become americans again and instead of this divided whatever the hell that we are now so
1: yeah kind of a kind of that's a point that should that should resonate more than it does because you know unfortunately and i'll i'll leave it here uh 70 million people still voted for him so yeah yeah, so.
0: yeah a lot of people voted and a lot of people voted for yeah, yeah both guys when one got more than the other so so
1: yeah thankfully
0: uh, that person we call a winner
1: That's that's what happens. (laughs) But I mean, Um,
0: if you voted for the other guy, I mean if you're listening, you probably there might be somebody on your listing that voted for the other guy. At least your guy didn't take last place. Right. Right. I mean seconds better
1: than third. That's totally true. And if you voted for the person that came in in last place, where you're you have a this is a safe place. You can you can come and you can hang out and you can you can listen to us talk about something that's not related. To, I'm just um, going to assume Kanye took last. Yeah. Hey, you know, we're not here to name names, Jim. I mean, just, oh. you know, we're not here to name names. <laughs> Oops. Oops. My Covers bad. blown. Covers blown. <laughs>
0: that, that guy.
1: So th- there was one other thing, though. So, th- you know, speaking of change, right, change that is welcomed by the populace, um, you know, uh, the big uh, story, uh, Steve Cohen uh, coming in and uh, rescuing. The the damsel in distress that was the New York Mets. Um, I mean,
0: you can't even get away from politics on this one yeah, either. It
1: took it's true. To, to,
0: it took like the mayor like a week and a half to just figure out that the Mets can do whatever the Mets want to do.
1: With right. So it's a it's was, a privately owned business, but you know, hey, again, we're we're opening a big can of worms, right? Or, yeah. yeah. We're, that's right.
0: Ex- yeah. All right. We fulfilled our our political ties. Yes, we show.
1: have. We've done good. We'll we work. we we did good. But so, you know, let's start there's a lot to this, but I I kind of let's cover at least the headline end of this because there's two facets of this. Okay, there's the surface level. Uh, Steve Cohen comes, you know, comes in, buys the controlling share in the Mets and then just decides, uh, fuck all of you guys. You're you're all done. (laughs) Gets rid of this was his his body count. Okay, in terms of name, high end names. Uh, Brody Van Wagenen, Omar Minaya, Alan Baird, Adam Guttridge, and Jared Banner, packing like yeah. at once. It's like he brought them all in the conference room and just was like handed out ping slips like fifty cent in a strip club, like yeah. it was. It's, so it's fascinating <laughs> to to see that end of it. Um, you yeah, know, I heard
0: each one of those guys was escorted out of the building by a member of the training staff. And then that joke was actually on the training staff <laughs> because it locked them out too and all of them. <laughs> So I actually got rid of like ten people that day.
1: That's amazing. So, I mean, that, get rid of
0: that training staff. That, I mean I feel bad for him.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean it's not good to lose your job. Don't get me wrong. We are not rejoicing in anyone's unemployment. Okay. Especially no. neither of us being Mets fans. But yeah. um we but should the I
0: mean, cleaning house was the only thing that he I mean, right. really I mean if he was I mean, for what everybody was hoping for, a new ownership versus what they had before, um, yeah (laughs) nothing short of a house cleaning was going to be good enough for anybody that wanted Cohen in there.
1: Well, right, exactly. That was the whole point, right? Regime change. And uh, I've spoken with a couple of people that um, I would say that are probably the most knowledgeable Mets people that I know, and it seems like the front runners to slide into Van Wagenen's position are uh, Billy Owens, who's the uh, A's assistant GM. Now, he's being scouted by the Angels, too. This is all very unofficial, by the way. Yep. Uh, this is just, you know, you know casual conversation. And uh, Mike Chernoff, who is the Cleveland Indians GM, who is – did you know this? Do you know how old he is? No, no. He is 39 years old. (laughs) Like, like are you shitting me? (laughs) Right. He could like, are you shitting me with that?
0: Right. He's the the kind of person that I mean, it it, uh, I mean, that college kids look up to. Right. I mean, like, that's the guy I'm going to be. I'm going to be that guy. Give me my mid 30s. I'm going to be running the team. You know, I can do this type of stuff. That's man. That's killer, man.
1: I mean, oh, yeah. good for it, good for him. It's just it's just incredible when you think right. about it. Like so the all that points aside. OK, so that's, you know, that. Is, so I guess I was t- in my response to a lot of this uh, when I was talking with with the uh, my uh, my my Mets friend was that, you know, God, the most concerned people in baseball right now is. Uh, upper management in Atlanta, Washington, Miami, and Philadelphia right now, yep. because the last thing we want is a motivated Mets team. <laughs> and yeah, because now, because because now it's you know from a baseball perspective, now the the Mets are like now they're in play. They could be in play for Francisco Lindor. They could be in play for George Springer. They could be in play for Trevor Bauer. I mean, it's like this team suddenly skyrockets onto your radar or are we mistaken is this is this another lesson in civics here you know is this like well how much does ownership really change and we're going to get into that in a minute
0: yeah right i mean what is uh i mean what really is ownership's plans coming in right um usually when you see changes of hands you, you, you really don't know what you're gonna get you don't know if you're gonna end up with Derek Jeter it's like ah get rid of Yellich and get rid of Stan get rid of everybody let's start this thing all over again and right and not only is it regime change it's a it's a complete cleaning of the house right true or yeah I mean hell I mean if you're somebody like Cohen and and, and what everybody else believes you're like hey, man this guy's a Mets fan through and through and he's got money I mean that's why he owns them he's got uh, a shitload of money man <laughs> Yeah, maybe he just spends. Maybe he goes a little bit goofy, right? I mean, this might not be the I don't know, it could be the perfect off season for it. At the same time might not be the best off season for it, right? Where if he wants to spend money, he could. I mean, and kind of peel people away, but really what's out there to peel away. So Right. Um Yeah. I mean at least he's got a fairly decent foundation underneath him already there. So um yeah, I yeah, I mean it's and it's not like the NL East is something that's
1: well, know, it's not, uh, it's not insurmountable. I mean, and nah. you know, Atlanta a very good team. Um, mm-hmm. But when you go much further beyond that, you know, Washington seems tagged for a rebuild at some point. Um, Get close. Yeah. Miami is, um, you know, a team that you're never, you're never really sold if they're on the way up. Philadelphia is the perpetual underachievers it's yep. not an insurmountable thing you know you could go from worst to second easily and then you know second to first could probably be a challenge but it's not again insurmountable um but no. so you know change in ownership right and this is and this is what this is, brings the new excitement I mean Cohen's been not if nothing if short of hailed as a hero um but that that kind of leads me to our our sort of main thing tonight. So I, I did some digging, and I was just like, "Who is Steve Cohen?" Because I mean, a, other than being a u- ultra wealthy art collector, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. So I did some digging, and I, Jim, I'm I'm going to go ahead and apologize for pouring some some water all over this. And I'm sure, here's the other part. I am sure there are better. I'm not a journalist, but there are better people that have probably done this already and I just haven't and I just I just haven't seen I don't I don't I haven't read it I haven't seen it so I am not I am sure I'm not breaking any news here but let me be an ear let me let me be a a platform to to thus uh shed some light on this on this dude here who seems like you know on the surface we were talking about it one day it seems like he's just a fan who bought his favorite team. Like it's the dream, right? Perfect. Yeah. Well. Perfect. Well, let's get under the hood here. So, right. Steve Cohen, right? For fifteen mil, it was fifteen billion dollar art collector, just hedge like fund. Yeah, hedge fund manager. Yeah, just just another average Joe. Yeah. Well, he's really a he, so he he made his living in hedge funds. All right, which <laughs> which is is is. I rolling enough when you're talking about MLB managers, but, right. but, but this, this, he might actually be one. I, I came into this with him being like, Oh, this guy is going to be great. He's, he's a Mets fan. He bought the Mets. That's, that's a storybook or to riches. Right. But then like I came out of this thing and guy, he might be one of the most unlikable owners of the group. I mean, <laughs> so here's, so here's the deal. Um, he found it, you know, he's a hedge fund manager. He was making $1,000 a day been uh, profit, or I think it was $10,000, something, some insane number when he first gets into hedge funds, right? Bonkers. Works his way up, forms SAC Capital in the early 90s, which is Steve Cohen's initials. All right. Yeah. So he, you know, he's, he's just cruising towards stardom in 2005. All right. This dude is. Right as the financial world is falling apart, if you've if you've seen The Big Short, which is one of my all time favorite movies, have you seen this movie, Jim? The Big Short. You you,
0: you, uh, you know, I've only seen like bits and pieces of it. It so is a nah.
1: must watch. It is a must watch. All
0: right.
1: And, and it is just fantastic. The cast is amazing. But anyway, it's a sort of um uh sort of it's a retelling in a way of the, uh, the great financial collapse. All right. And in 2005, if you, if everyone remembers correctly, this is when things were just come on a high and then they just fell apart. Right. And it was all because of mortgages and big banks and hedge funds. This dude, all right, was called, and I'm not making this up. He was called the hedge fund King in 2005.
0: That's not, uh, I mean...
1: If you didn't know this guy was the new Mets owner, if he, this guy came in and bought any other team, you would hate him already.
0: Dude, hedge fund people are already doing pretty well
1: for themselves to be right. the
0: king of hedge funders. I
1: mean... This isn't Brewster's Millions here. This is like,
0: you know <laughs> I what I mean? have seen that one a few thousand times.
1: <laughs> right. This, <laughs> is, this isn't this is some dude here. This is a the guy they called yeah. the hedge fund fucking king in 2005 all right so damn you know the world's falling apart he's the hedge fund king uh he he to this point he's in at sac capital and this is uh, this is what what really kind of 2012 the wheels start coming off here his company pleads guilty to insider trading Cohen is, you know, and, and it's very complicated. There's there's many different suits. Uh, there's many different angles to this. Um, you know, they, he was supposed to, um, like, they, they actually wanted to, uh, the feds wanted to come after Cohen personally. But uh, apparently from what I, 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 an article from Business Insider uh, said that he actually convinced them not to like had the, met in person with the feds, gave them binders, gave them a whole two hour presentation on why you can't get me personally. But so they were like, okay, we'll just get your company. So they, they plead guilty. The company pleads guilty to insider trading. Cohen is barred from handling outside money for two years as part of the civil suit stemming from these criminal charges. And, um, Again, the feds wanted to come after him personally, but instead, uh, you know, they had to charge his company because he was just like, look, here's a PowerPoint on why you can't fucking get me. Um, and during this during this process in 2014, an ex-manager of his was convicted of a I, I haven't backed this claim up, but I've heard, seen it quoted as the most profitable insider trading conspiracy ever. So I didn't just make that up. Like somebody said that I just haven't done enough work to substantiate it. Right. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> so he goes through all of that. Then in 2015, as if this dude is at this point, okay, 2014, 2015, Steve Cohen is pretty unlikable at this point. He, he's a multi billionaire Now he's donating $2.25 million to a super PAC that's supporting Chris Christie's presidential candidacy in two, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one he lost to the cheating cheeto?
0: Oh, he didn't win that one? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no. unfortunately, somehow, somehow, I wish he didn't, but somehow he did.
0: Like, two and a quarter million dollars would pay for, I don't know, what, four right. or five guys, right, on the, on the So,
1: team? So, knowing all yeah. of that, okay, knowing all of that, and I know I didn't present the other side of this, but just go look at any Mets fans' Twitter, and you'll see the other side of this you know, Mets fans are rejoicing over new ownership and yet knowing what we know about him now, how is he going to be different than any other MLB owner?
0: Yeah. That's the whole thing, right? I mean, yeah. What what makes him not, yeah. Be everybody else out for, you know, profits without telling anybody how much, you know, you're spending and, everything else as you're going along and then build the value of the team and everything else like everybody else does right just because he was a Mets fan I guess most Mets fans are like yes yes this is our guy right but I I think most of that jubilation comes from what they had before I mean it's you know going from the will ponds to Cohen yeah I mean get rid of him if I mean if you get rid of the will ponds and you go to head king right right I mean that's not that's not a good upgrade Unless said hedge fund king is a Mets fan tried and true all the way through and has, you know, seven times the amount of money in his bank account as, as he paid for the team, right? So I, I guess I guess the hope is that they're going to actually spend. Right, that they're actually going to put a product on the field. They're going to try their hardest from the front office to do what it takes to put the product on the field that can not just get them into the postseason, which it seems like over half the teams get there anymore, um, into a team that's got a chance to get to the World Series, right? Back right. to 2015 or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, it's uh, – um, yeah, I, I mean, if you're just looking at it as a person, I mean, God, is there really an owner in the league that anybody would like? Personally.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fair point. I think I, 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 I just I, I'm just fascinated that, it, you know, again, this took, you know, 20, 30 minutes of journal of, of, of faux journalism work. And <laughs> and, you know, it, we find this and then I'm I'm just thinking to myself, you know, why? I get it like, you know, yeah, the Will Ponds were terrible and they were yeah. no argument here. I mean I I have I as we in Atlanta have been benefiting from the incompetence of the Wilpons for yep. decades now. I mean we we literally I mean just a reminder as as Brian Wright reminded us when he came on this show a little while ago they don't own the worst deferred contract mm-hmm. in baseball history my team does. Yep. Because we're still paying Bruce Sutter like 10 times what the Mets are playing Bobby Bonilla <laughs> every year. But you know what? Like because it's them and because the will ponds so were so terrible, yeah. we, we naturally assumed that was the case. So so but, but what I well, I guess what I'm, I'm bringing up and, and of course this is me being you know pointing from outside the glass house, may, are we what what about this guy? Makes us really think. Okay, maybe he'll spend a bunch of money and put a a good team on the field. Fine, but we've seen this before. We've seen a fan with a with a crap ton of money buy a team and it not work out. I mean, anyone who most people who own baseball teams are fans, and I don't necessarily believe that they're not. So, so I, I guess, and I, I would pose this to our followers, I would pose this. Is, is somebody explain to me, based on the profile here, uh, why, and I'm open to this, I'm open to my mind being changed on this. Why is, based on what we know about Steve Cohen, what is going to, what makes him any different than anyone else?
0: I'd start, yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah, he's another. I mean, he's another owner. I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, really, I guess this off season should help us out a little bit on trying to figure out who this guy is, right? I mean, he's
1: brought Sandy Alderson back in already uh, as president. Um, I mean, but they're treating this guy like he's like he's damn Robin Hood or something like that. I, I don't. Yeah. And, and and I I say that sort of cheekily because that's like a foundation that he donates to or whatever, but I mean, still, it's uh, I'm not buying it. And and, I, and if I'm a Mets fan, I I don't know that. I, I mean, I'm happy that the Will Wilpons are out, but like, are you really trading? You know, it's like you're trading one bad monarch for potentially another. Yeah,
0: and I mean, it doesn't championships guaranteed down your, in your future, you know, just because it changed ownership and they like the team and they can spend money. I mean, um, Illich out there in Detroit before he passed away, right? Right. He was, he was throwing money at everything to try to win a championship. I mean, he got close once, but man they had to pay the price for it for years after they were competitive. Right. And eventually trade off Verlander. I I don't remember Verlander was traded after he passed away or before, but, um, yeah, I yeah, I mean, i mean detroit was paying houston to have verlander pitch against him and get to the world series so yeah. i mean it's uh i mean illich was one of those guys right i mean he was the baseball fan owner he was really rich man he put it right back into the team he did stuff for the ballpark and everything else It just doesn't putting it back in doesn't guarantee anything it doesn't guarantee titles it guarantees you know still there's upset fans and tigerdom that are like god man why don't we have a bullpen right i mean well Right. We tried to buy buy one. (laughs) I mean, we just, you can't, you can't buy everything, right? Some people won't let you buy it all. They already own it. So, um, I I don't know. I I mean, Cohen could be Illich. Maybe he could be right. But man, you're going to have to prove it to me before I I believe it.
1: I agree with you. I I, I feel like Met's kingdom, I, I know that we're ready to anoint Cohen, and I know, and I understand where that frustration comes from, but I don't know. I, I, I think I, it didn't take much for me to find a lot wrong with, or a lot, not wrong, a lot predictably MLB owner about this dude.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And so I, I'm, I'm a little, you know, I'm interested to see how this pans out, but I don't know. Yeah. Do, you, do you have any other thoughts on, on this? Nah, it's just – I mean, it's just – I mean, it, it, if he if he makes you feel a thousand times
0: better about where your team's going, that's great. It's just – there was such a low bar to get you to that thousand times better, right?
1: It's just – true. It was such You're a at a thousand and before. one.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, – yeah. I, I mean, I really do. I mean, I, you know, I don't hate any baseball fans, right? I mean, Mets fans are pretty damn – you know they're fairly faithful, right? They're I mean, they're they nothing if not anywhere. faithful. <laughs> yeah, right. So I mean they deserve better than what they've had. They deserve a chance to kind of, you know, yeah, get a It it a
1: just feels it just it just feels like they're like setting themselves up for a little bit of disappointment here. It's,
0: yeah, right. I mean they got a big dollar guy in a big dollar town. Are they going to act like a big dollar team now? So right. yeah, it's if they don't, and good grief, it's going to be. Yeah, I mean he might be better than Will Pond still, but he's, he's gonna
1: well, right? Gonna hear
0: from him, hear, hear from the the fans, right? If he's not spending money this offseason,
1: agreed. So we're yeah. gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break on that note. Um, but before we do, just a reminder: I am open, Mets fans, Mets friends. I am open to hear you change my mind on this because I uh, I don't I don't have much of skin in the game from a fan's perspective with the Mets. Maybe even the opposite, yep. but. Um, you know, just, I would love for someone to explain to me how this dude, based on that record is, is going to be any different. So, uh, and
0: then when they, then when you come and tell us, I mean, I really do hope you're right. I really do. I I really hope for Mets fans that you're correct. I I
1: agree. It's like, it's like the kid. Yeah. It's a, it's, it, it was a tough relationship and you're just pulling for pulling for him to, to, to find a good one and uh and we're we're really hoping for that so
0: yeah 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 Mets fans definitely deserve better so man I really hope this is it but
1: yeah we I I agree just don't get too good all right we'll we'll be we'll be right back And yeah, so for the second part of our show here, Jim, we you brought a really good question uh, about 20 minutes before we went on the air here. Not even that long on the air before we recorded this. And um, I think it's a really great question. And it was by, oh, man, don't make me say his name. Oh,
0: like, yeah, it's got to be Pusnanski.
1: Pusnanski? Pusnanski?
0: If I had, like, a Polish accent, I could probably
1: nail this. (laughs) Right. I I feel, oh, man. Uh,
0: Joe P. Joe P.
1: Joe P. Joey P dropped this gem (laughs) on us. Um, Okay, so you can put three players in the Hall of Fame, and you can include active players if you want. Who but three are three
0: new players? Three not already yes. in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, three new players. They're not in the Hall of Fame. They can be active. Who who are your three? And Jim, we have not told each other who our three are. Yep. Is please don't tell me one of yours is Mike Trout. No, I did not put good. Mike Trout in okay, there. Good. Okay, no,
0: good. I I would throw Mike Trout into the, into the Hall of Fame in a heartbeat, right? I mean right. there's obviously way more than then three that's for damn sure right
1: but right no. Mike Trout didn't Mike Trout made your list uh no he did not he did no. not
0: man, well, good I didn't want him to go to the hall of fame yet anyway I got a lot more of that career I want to watch so
1: there you go okay yeah. so so tell me Tony,
0: did they kick Tony LaRusso out of the hall of fame
1: when he came back oh man yeah, no whatever. because if All they right. if they did he wouldn't have done it
0: <laughs>
1: so all right yeah, maybe he's uh, hoping to get in there twice yeah uh, <laughs> all right so do you want to go first or you want me to go first
0: sure i'll go first all right, all you, right. you go uh, first well i answered joe's question right on, on, on the old twitter and uh i i put down reggie smith first mm. um it's just such a solid career uh i and and for somebody like reggie smith was he the 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 best right ever or whatever no no not even close right but was he good enough to be a hall of famer by far does he set a bar so that other hall of famers can get in that deserve to be in like uh, the kenny loftons of the world and stuff you damn right he does right right not being in is is just bonkers to me i mean 64.6 war 137 OPS plus for his career. It's not like, you know, he had a 137 OPS plus over his like 10 year career, right? I mean, the guy played 17 seasons, Um, over 2000 hits, 300 dingers, uh, seven all-star trips, a gold glove, and a World Series in that goofy 1981, right? I mean, (sighs) Reggie Smith has got the resume and it's just, to me, it's ridiculous that, somebody like that isn't in the Hall of Fame because his career deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. The player deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And it just helps set a precedent of what a Hall of Famer truly is so that we can start putting in more people that have similar resumes. Reggie Smith is a Hall of Famer and it's it's a damn shame that he's not in.
1: Okay. That's a fair argument. He, he was, he was the template in a lot of ways, you know, for like you said, these sort of all around type of players um yep. I can definitely vibe with that. So all right. Um all right. My my first one, let me just get myself caught up here. My first one was uh Sweet Lou Whitaker. Nice. I think nice. Uh, you know, I I know that he's widely regarded as a counting stat type of guy. Never led the league in any offensive category. Um just I think that he was one of the players that most suffered and, I, you know, not to be too on the nose about it, but suffered from the lazy, the narrative of the lazy colored ball player, you know, the, oh, yeah. the and yeah. because he was so effortless in how he played, it, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't sort of, you know, one of these highlight reel type of plays, but it was, he didn't do anything exceptionally well. Yeah. Other than consistent, 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 and we re, and the hall is known to reward that type of player, and I think that he suffered from a lot of that because he played right across Malin Trammell, yeah. and, who got into the Hall of Fame, albeit you know through the the uh, I'm not did he go in through the Veterans Committee? I don't remember, but yeah, yeah. Um, cool. yeah so he got in, th- you know, I know he got in through the Vets Committee, but like, you know, he, he was Trammell wasn't that much better of a player i'm sorry so i mean
0: yeah i mean go on war alone now
1: right (laughs) Right? i mean he's he's at you know he's Derek jeter level war yeah you know i know he doesn't have the fancy stats to go with it but um you know i i honestly i believe that that lou whitaker deserved a a spot in the hall Um, it was
0: yeah i really thought last year was his shot right yeah I, i mean i don't know if that's the veterans committee that's there or if that's the uh I don't even know what the name of the other
1: committee is. That the golden, uh, the golden? No, that's not the nah, golden. That's era. the old, old nah, ones. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Whatever. But um, whatever committee was, was naming right, and I really thought, I really thought Whitaker was going to be the guy. And I mean, I'm, I'm fine with who they selected. Right. I mean, he didn't
1: the, even get the five percent to advance. I mean, I think that's the biggest crime in all this. At least let's have a discussion about him.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. When the BBA, yeah. When the BBWAA voted on it, yeah. I think he got four percent.
1: I think he got four percent of the vote, which is 2.9. 2.9
0: percent. It's disgraceful. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, let's, I mean, let's look at some of the people got more. Right. I mean, Rod Kidry got more. Uh, Yeah. Dave Concepcion. Jack Morris votes that year. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's just, Yeah, it's a crying shame. Two point nine percent on, and then right back off the ballot so damn fast. It's yeah. Yeah, Lou Whitaker got screwed. He got screwed in this last uh, chance to get in this past year, and yeah, it's a crying shame. He belongs in it.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Who who you got next?
0: Uh, my next guy is a guy by the name of Sweet Lou Whitaker. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, to tack on to it, 75.1 war for his entire career. 75.1 war, right? I mean, that's, that's, I'm pretty sure that's more than cheater, right?
1: Right. Um, 117 OPS plus. I mean, the dude, the dude hit co- consistently. In fact, th- this is definitely. what always bugs me about Whitaker. So he played... You know, anywhere from, we're not going to count 1977, because that was like his rookie year, he only played 11 games. But from 1978, all the way through to 1995, he played at least 84 games and never posted an OPS plus below 100, except for 1980.
0: That's it. Yeah, I mean, I think even more impressively is just looking at his, I mean, I hate to keep referring back to his war, but his war just kind of speaks on, on how, how consistent he truly really was, um, was just the stretch from 1981 to, uh, 1993. That's 13 seasons of three and a half war every season, every season he's worth 3.5 wins. And it's just, after you do 13 seasons of that, I mean, you, at, at worst, you're worth, you're a 45 win player. I mean, it's, he's definitely was more than that. I mean, if he was only three and a half every year, he's that. So it's, um, I mean, sixth all time in war for second baseman. Not, not second basemen that aren't in the Hall of Fame, all the second basemen. Any, anybody right. that played over half their games at second base, right? 50% or more of their games at second base. The Whitaker's sixth on that list for war. Um, going back to his war again, the 15 seasons he had of three and a half war, uh, only two other players have ever had 15 seasons of three and a half war and haven't made the Hall of Fame yet. And those guys are Barry Bonds, twenty times he's done it, and Alex Rodriguez, sixteen times. Nobody else has done it fifteen times except for Lou, Ge- Lou Whitaker, and not made the Hall of Fame so far. Well, A-Rod hasn't even had a chance yet. So, right, um, he won Rookie of the Year, five All-Star appearances, three Gold Gloves, four Silver Sluggers. I mean, he's doing it from every direction. And then on top of it, he's got a World Series ring in '84.
1: Right, I mean, I, it's, I, I guess it's almost like, I, you see, this is what drives me crazy about the hall is that Whitaker is the perfect example of what we allow in, okay, and, and what we, what we're okay with putting in the Hall of Fame, and what we, uh, what we should. He, he's the yeah. difference between important and good. If you're yeah. assembling, if you have to put in the top ten players. At any position, and you go to second base. Lou Whitaker is in the Hall of Fame. There is no real reason he's not. Mm-hmm. I I don't. And it's one of these like objective things where it's just he should be in. I don't. Yeah. I I can't. I get the reasons as to why he's not like you know in the elite, ultra elite inner the oh, small yeah. hall. I get that. But we yeah. the small hall boat sailed away a long time ago. Yeah, like that. That ship has sailed. That you know, it's it's gone to the you know that the small hull has gone to the undying lands. It okay. is time to to acknowledge Lou Whitaker uh, yeah. and, and his accomplishments
0: clean player with 75 war and over 2300 hits sitting on the outside while Bud Sealing's got a flipping plaque.
1: Yeah, right. sorry. Not buying it, dude. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. Let's get this one right one of these times. Next time we get a chance to get Lou Whitaker, right? right. Whoever the hell's voting on it get it right next Please. time. Please. Good grief, man. Jeez. For the for the love of baseball. I mean, I mean, don't make me start thinking that you hate baseball as much as I think the commissioner hates baseball.
1: Right. And I he mean, hates baseball
0: and I know he hates baseball. So, so I, and I just really, I just don't get how Lou Whitaker could possibly end up on any, anybody's ballot, you know, or in any committee and not be able to draw enough enough names, enough people to mark him down as a guy that belongs in there. It's just. Right. Yeah. Silly. I mean, even amongst all, I mean, yeah. Amongst all the players that are left out there, he's definitely on Yeah, I mean, yeah, he needs to be in.
1: Right. Get him in. So um so my my second one Wait did you do you did That was my second that one. That was your second so, one. I Okay. Mean,
0: I guess I can use my honorable mention later.
1: Right. All right. So that that's fair. You get an honorable mention. So my right. my um my second one is uh Bobby Gritch. Yeah. Did yeah. you have Bobby Gritch too? No,
0: no, no. You know, okay, you no. know how many You know how many second basemen have more war than and then uh Bobby Gritch? Uh
1: let's see. Uh Lou Whitaker. Yeah, there's one. Joe Morgan. Yeah. Rogers Hordensby. Yeah. I Uh, can't
0: remember. I can't remember them all now. Yeah. I should have wrote them all down. Well, let's just put it this way. Lou Whitaker's sixth on that list. Gritch is seventh.
1: (laughs) And and Gritch, and, and this is the thing that cracks me up. Gritch is always known as... A sort of, you know, glove only, you know, he was part of that Orioles, those famous Orioles teams in the seventies with, uh, you know, Brooks Robinson and, um, and, um, and, uh, uh Mark, uh, Mark, Ballinger- Bela- Mark Belanger. Belanger. Yeah. The, the oh, blade, like, you know, he's French to me. Right. And, and it always just cracks me up. Like it, it, he actually could hit, he, you know, for a oh, second yeah. baseman, he had 224 career home runs, led the league in 1981, with 22 home runs in that strike short, strike shortened season, yep. um, he had a 165 OPS plus that year. He finished his career with a 125 OPS plus. I I don't, you know, and of course he had. Um, I think it's like one, two, three, four, five Gold Gloves, four Gold Gloves, four Gold Gloves. Um, you know, he was a guy that I think. Again, it's kind of like Lou Whitaker. In the sense where I, it doesn't make sense to me why, again, a one and done on the ballot guy can't get any sort of audience for an argument.
0: Yeah, needs to right. I mean, uh, he doesn't have the World Series ring, right? He doesn't have the that the, the titles and everything else, uh, the postseason glory. Um, it's just another, you know, Lou Whitaker style type, right? I'm I, a solid player that that contributed repeatedly and was counted upon and, you know, came through over and over again. Right. Uh, He just isn't that flashy guy, right? I mean, he just, Lou Brock got in, (laughs) I mean, but Lou Brock, uh, you know, he had the stolen, yeah,
1: he had the stolen bases. I mean, and I get that, but, uh, but, you know, I, I think it's one of those things with a, a guy that it was so solid and so dependable defensively. At a position that we say is a glove-first position, it boggles my mind. So, I mean, maybe you could say I actually changed my second one at the last minute, and I'll I'll use him, the guy I changed it from, as my honorable mention. But um, it, yeah, Bobby Gritch, just it seems like kind of a crime that he that he's not in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Indefensible um, is the best word.
0: Yeah, just yeah, didn't get the titles. Um, got a yeah, ended up on the Orioles just a hair too late to it to cash in on that and then uh yeah played his entire career between the orioles and the angels and just really never got that many uh chances in the big games um but man just somebody you you could rely on right he's All always right. going to post his numbers it's going to be solid every time can feel this position going to be there almost every day right i mean playing his 140 150 games at least every year uh, yeah he's well, a hall of famer it just, Yeah. just what are you gonna do? No, yeah. no, I can't vote. They won't let me.
1: Yeah, go figure. They sure. maybe, maybe it's something we said. Maybe it's something we said. I don't know. Most likely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, all right. So who who's your third?
0: Okay, my third. Uh, my third guy is uh, Luis Tion.
1: Oh I, my god, that's so funny. I literally. Yeah. So I wrote an article for Baseball Almanac like a year and a half ago on why Louis Tion should be in the Hall of Fame. He was on my list, and then I deleted him. So I am uh, so glad that you are talking about El Tiante right now. El,
0: El Tiante deserves to be in there. I mean, it's just uh, another guy punished from, you know, not racking up, you know, postseason experience. and.
1: Uh, well, he played on some yeah. terrible teams. Yeah, right. I mean, he didn't really have a choice. I mean, when he was just sitting
0: there playing for the Red Sox and, yeah, it, it's just, nah, it, Cleveland wasn't good in the 60s. Yeah, he's an incredible player. I mean, it's I I think like a I think like his 1968 season. I think is probably the one that gets me the most. Right mm-hmm. when you look at that 68 season that he posted. Uh, oh god, now I gotta pick it back up. Where is it at on here?
1: Well, uh, he he was a guy that he had these amazing seasons, but he's the one that we're so quick to sort of like write off as like oh he benefited from the mound, you know, being raised, and you know he yeah. pitched in the right like. I, I again, we seem to invoke this, and I and i and not to be too poignant again, but like we seem to invoke this whole like contextualizing thing when the player is of a certain amount of melanin, yep, in their skin. Yep. Uh, we seem to be pretty quick to write off, you know, Louis Tion's accomplishments, but yeah. you know we're here we are inducting other players, you know, and we're we're talking up, you know it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me
0: yeah 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 tion's 68 season just kills me 1.6 era in 30 for, in 34 starts right <laughs> 19 complete games nine shutouts um led the american league and FIP, era and uh era plus 186 i mean it's just it's just a season that's just drowned out by um you know others right it's just it was the last year of the mound right the the, right before they lowered it um but it it, what he did compared to everybody else i mean that's what the era plus will tell you right i mean he led the league in era plus it was exactly because he was better than everybody else in the league as a pitcher um 66.1 war dude won two era titles and only three trips to the all-star game it just yeah it's a crime chain that his career didn't have more of the highlights in it that might have been able to get him there.
1: Well, I mean, right? outside of the nineteen seventy five World Series, that's the thing that kills me is like outside of him pitching in that World Series, nobody really knows no nobody pays enough attention to his work. Yeah. And and, and yeah, it's frustrating.
0: And unfortunately, like his, I mean, last start in the World Series that he had there in 75, it was, what, game six. I mean, yeah. I think the Red Sox still won it, but he didn't pitch well, right? I think he gave up six or something like that. I think I think
1: you're right. It was but either. They won.
0: But they won and pushed game seven and lost. Right. But, um, you know, he did spend all 15 possibilities on the ballot back in the day when he first got on the ballot in 88. Uh, knocked him off in 2002. But in 1988, 30.9% uh, voted for him. 1989, that number dropped to 10.5%.
1: Right,
0: He never made it back to 20%. His next best, his, his best trip, uh, best chance at the Hall of Fame was his first year, getting 30.9% of the vote. And in his 15th year was his next best at 18%. It, it's
1: fascinating. It's fascinating because he, he really does, at least, I, I will say this as comparison to say Whitaker or Gritch at least he got the discussion. Yep. I think that we got it wrong, but at least we got the discussion, and, yeah. and I think that's really important to remember. So.
0: Yeah, I think if Luis tian gets 15 years of that discussion instead of 1988 to 2002, instead it would be say 2005 to 2019 instead. Yeah, he he wouldn't. Have I think to worry he gets in. Last, yeah, he wouldn't have to worry about the last 10 years of that. They would have gotten him in by 2009.
1: Right. I mean, the, just... the fact is there are worse pitchers than Louis Tion in the Hall of Fame. Period. Mm-hmm. End of discussion. Yep. I will not accept any premise otherwise. He yep. is he is better than other pitchers that were inducted that did less with their careers. Yep. And yep. Um, I mean, yeah.
0: Thirty four hundred inning pitch. Three point three ERA most of his time in the American League. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's a he's a Hall of Famer. He's not. He is in my eyes. So, yeah. So yeah, that's my third guy.
1: All right. So my third guy is Kenny Lofton. Nice. Kenny motherfucking Lofton. This Jeez. is my dude right here. So Kenny Lofton. All right. Like I, and I wrote a profile. You can, you can read it on romantic about baseball.com. You know, I describe him as the outfielder that time forgot, you know, Kenny Lofton, uh, you know, if, I'm a five-time leader in stolen bases. And by the way, five times in a row from 1992 through 1996, the dude stole 66, 70, 60, 54, and 75 bases all in a row. And by the way, yes, you're talking 60 bases in the 1994 shortened season. And then right. 54 in the subsequently shortened 1995 season. Mm-hmm. So the the guy did all of that and had the same OPS as, uh, as uh, I think it was roughly the same OPS as Bobby Gritch and Lou Whitaker. Okay. Two guys that we believe are open and actually exactly the same OPS as uh, Bobby Gritch. But he decided to pair it with 622 stolen bases. Yeah. Bobby Christian didn't do that. No, he, he is. He, he was a two ninety. He was a two ninety nine hitter. And yeah, I mean, you could look at the OPS plus and you say, Oh, it's only a one Oh seven. Well, this was, I mean, the peak of this, of the, you know, steroid era where stolen bases in that particular statistic were not valued. Um, the, the guy has, he was a plus defender. You, in fact, he accumulated positive defensive war, Every year of his career, except for 2006 and 2007. So I, I guess what it boils down to for me, Kenny Lofton was the last of a dying breed in terms of all around type of players, defensive, uh, defensively gifted, was a power threat. He didn't hit a lot of home runs. Um, You know, he hit, um, I think it was like 130 130 home runs, but but he could hit them. He played solid defensive outfield, great defensive, elite defensive outfield in some cases, and he was an absolute threat on the base pads. He was the closest thing to Ricky Henderson we were going to get after Ricky Henderson. And the dude shows up, and this is what kills me. 2013, this guy shows up on the ballot. He's ready to go. We Not only do we kick him off the ballot that year, we don't elect anyone. So, and I say we like I'm involved. The BBWAA decides no to Kenny Lofton. And then as a matter of fact, while we're at it, no to everybody else too, because we're dicks. Yeah,
0: and... And out of that Hall of Fame, right, or out of that Hall of Fame vote that year, nine people that were on that ballot eventually made the Hall of Fame. Yeah. (laughs) So.
1: How, how, uh, and I think.
0: 2013.
1: You know, we talk about like Lou Whitaker and Bobby Gritch, okay? These are guys who are counting stat guys. Their consistency is what brought them into the discussion. Yeah. This is not the case with Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton just Mm -hmm. flat out exceeded He performed, he did everything right. And this dude couldn't, couldn't buy a vote because of what his peers were doing, not because of what he did. So I saved him for third because to me, while Bobby Gritch and Lou Whitaker are inexcusable, uh, Kenny Lofton is a straight up absolute failure on behalf of the BBWAA.
0: Big time, big time. Uh, by far one of the ones that drives me the most nuts, right? Um, my honorable mention, by the way, was Kenny Lofton, <laughs> obviously. Um, it, it just a complete snub for a guy that should, I mean, maybe he's not a first ballot Hall of Fame with all those guys that are on Maybe the ballot, not, right, that's fair. Whatever, right. I mean, he was on the ballot with Biggio, Bagwell, Piazza, tim Raines, edgar martinez and larry walker who all eventually got voted in right, right. you got lee smith on that ballot trammell was on that ballot and jack morris who all got in eventually later via he is a, he
1: right? is a better he is a better player than definitely than morris and i don't care i you can make all the parallels you want between pitcher and and uh, position player he's yep. better than Biggio. yeah you know he, he's arguably more better than bagwell Yep. um i mean it doesn't all make sense.
0: Was, all they had to do is give him five percent that first year i mean they gave 12 and a half percent to sammy sosa we're still talking about sammy sosa why because he's still on the ballot man okay. we have to keep talking about it that was the same first year sammy sosa's first year on the ballot was the same as kenny lofton's roger clemens kurt Schillings, and barry bonds all went on the ballot the same year including craig biggio and mike piazza it was a packed first try to the ballot right and he got the short end of the stick when Sosa probably should have got the short end of the stick in my eyes between the two I'd still put Sosa in but but but
1: Sosa 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 did one thing okay and it's pretty clear how he did it Uh, Lofton Lofton achieved its style of play and perfected it in an era where it was unfashionable Yep. I mean, think about it. When he shows up to the major leagues, everybody's hailing Ichiro, right? When Ichiro shows up in 2001, everybody's like, oh my God, look at this style of play. We've never seen anything like that. I mean, to some extent that's true, but Kenny Lofton has been doing this for like eight damn years, yep. you know yeah. what I mean? Like before he even got here. So where's the love for, for Kenny?
0: Yeah, Exactly. Uh, of outfielders not in the Hall of Fame, sorted by the most amount of war. Barry Bonds is first. That's not in the Hall of Fame with 162.8. Carlos Beltran's next on that list at 69.6. Manny Ramirez is 69.4 and third on that list. And Kenny Lofton, well, 68.3. This list is out of date. My bad. Mike Trout's passed up a few of those guys now. So so now Kenny Lofton's like fifth on the list, right, of, of guys that... Uh, our outfielders that aren't in the Hall of Fame that have accumulated that much. War. But, but just, uh,
1: tell me this though, because because you bring up a very valid point. Outside of Barry Bonds, who's the next on the list?
0: Uh, outside of Barry Bonds, next on that list was what uh, would be well, it's Trout. Going to be Mike, it's going to be Mike Trout, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, skip Followed Skip Trout, K-
0: Carlos Beltran, who hasn't even seen the ballot yet, right? Manny Ramirez, who has a problem.
1: Okay let's let's just let's just think about this for a second. Manny Ramirez, home run hitter, did literally nothing else. I mean, I mean, and I mean literally like uh, nothing else. Who's next on the list after that?
0: Uh, Kenny Lofton.
1: Kenny Lofton. So, I, I, I what the, what the what are we doing here? What are we doing so here?
0: So, so sillyly o- overlooked with a but really, like, what do you get that first time? Um, 3.3 with 3, 3.2%. 3. I mean, disgusting. I mean, Bernie Williams got one more vote than he did. God, Bernie um, Williams. It's just, yeah,
1: Bernie Williams talk. Uh, and
0: Kenny Lofton was always there. I mean, how many, how many post did Kenny Lofton get to play in, man? I mean, it, every time he got traded, he got traded to a playoff team and then would go in and just play in the playoffs. So uh,
1: Kenny I Lofton think, played in 20 postseason series. Jeez, like <laughs> I know,
0: I know he's the only player to ever play in the in the American League Division Series and the National League Division Series and steal a base. I know he's the only player to oh no no he's well he's he's the only player to ever play in the ALDS and steal a base, NLDS and steal a base, ALCS and steal a base, NLCS and steal a base, and play in the World Series as both the National Leaguer and American Leaguer and deal of bases both right he's the only <laughs> player that's ever done it. he's just spent so much time in there but it was he was good at every level of the postseason too right. it wasn't didn't matter if it was the first round second round or the last round he was going to be good
1: 138 total bases in the postseason i mean it's it's insane so right it, it's I mean, it's in it's 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 the worst of the group in my opinion um yeah but so who, who, who's your third? Who's your third? So,
0: well, Kenny Lofton, I've already, that was my, well, so I've already done Reggie Smith. Lou Whitaker was my number two. Oh, that's Luis right. Yeah. was my three. And then uh, Kenny Lofton was going to be my, uh, my honorable mention, right? But the list is so long that, I mean, there's like 7,000 more honorable mentions. So if I'm going to get one more shout out in there, it's Minnie Munoz.
1: Oh, that was my honorable mention.
0: You got to, man. I mean, that guy <laughs> yeah. is just so important to the game of baseball.
1: He, he is one of those cultural inductions. Like, I mean, you, you, you know, he, he has a fine stat sheet to go with it. And I'm not, oh, yeah, you right? know, it, it's not like the dude at 130 OPS plus. He's got a 50.2 WAR. That like there it's not like he's just some dude. And in fact, this is what drives me more crazy. This is a guy who led the stole led the league in stolen bases three times. He mm-hmm. led the league in triples three times. He led the league in hits in nineteen sixty. Uh, you know, he I mean, yeah, you can point to the hit by pitches and all that stuff. I mean, sure, that's fine. The guy but, was amazing at getting in front of him. right. <laughs> he had amazing. a career OPS of eight forty eight over seventeen seasons. The dude played in the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties. He made mm-hmm. appearances all for basically the same team. There's, I think, he played like ultimately like for like four teams. Yeah, but. I mean, how do you, you know, we talk a lot about, and I, and I'm probably uh, more vocal than I probably should be substantively on this. But like, I mean, he's yet another, yet another player who's only, who had not enough votes uh, and for reasons that I can't, I can't find a reason other than the amount of melanin in their skin. I, I can't come up with a reason other than that. So BBWAA it, it, has to prove me wrong on this.
0: Yeah, I mean we had pretty rough times in the history of baseball for black players. There are some pretty rough
1: times uh for Latino players too. Yeah. And um, and this is you know, you know, we're not we're not sitting here, you know, of all the players we just mentioned, you know, think think back at it. I mean Gritch is a rounding error. You know, but but yet we're talking about Kenny Lofton, Lou Whitaker, Minnie yeah. Minoso. I mean, all of all of these players yeah. are, are ones that you know deserved better, and yep. and if and if, if we had our way, that's who we would put in.
0: Yeah, it's kind of amazing how it ended up being that. Um, yeah, I ended up with Reggie Smith, Lou Whitaker, Luis Tiant, Kenny Lofton, and Minnie Minoso.
1: Right. It, it, I mean, it, it, there's a pattern here there's a pattern yeah. here and you know I replaced you know the only reason I, replaced, I put Gritch on my list and this is no, no knock against Gritch was because I thought you were going to put Mignoso on yours so yeah. I so I took Mignoso off and put Gritch on mine like literally seconds before we started this and, and again I don't know how else you can put it here I, I mean this is this is it, it shouldn't be news but kind, but you know, I feel like it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of obvious. So, yeah. and it sucks, man. We need to start getting things straight, and it's just it just gotta get the old people out of charge, get rid of the people that don't make good decisions anymore, and start getting people into the twenty first century that it, to to make these votes right. and and to you know. Put people into the hall of fame no.
1: right. and yeah. yahoo's like dan shaughnessy are going to sit there and single vote their way through the rest of their career you're still yeah. welcome to come on the show yeah come on over yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i can, I can you, i'd love you know i i'm a, i'm not someone who likes to just sit here and complain to the open air but you know you jag off
0: <laughs> yeah right that's a lot <laughs> la- that's your last invite but you're yeah. always a welcome on come on yeah time.
1: really yeah you don't so, have to ask all right, Jim. Well, I think that's a show for us. Um, yeah, yeah. I think uh,
0: yeah. I could I could rant forever on people that belong in the Hall of Fame. We've got hey, we're coming Fame. up
1: on Hall of Fame season here. We, we we've got a lot of cool stuff planned for this off season. We, we're going to have the Hall of Very Good draft. We're going to have um, you know our our whole Hall of Fame segment coming up in in a in a, in a month or so. It's going to be, it's going to be, we're going to have so much time to talk about this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's going to be plenty of time. I'm going to want to get my Billy Wagner stuff in there. I'm ready to to start getting relief pitchers back into the hall of fame again that aren't named Rivera and Hoffman. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people don't like hall of fame season, but I love it. So
1: yeah, it's where, it's where we shine. So
0: yeah. All right, Jim. Yeah. If you don't like it, then start your own podcast.
1: That's right. Start your own. It's not like there's. It's not like there's not enough out there, right? Yeah, <laughs> Please listen to us. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we'll see you next time. Take care, all.